Welcome to The Elephant in New York, presented by the Fearless People Experience. Do you know those things in the workplace that make work suck, but remain unchanged? Well, those are the elephants we're here to talk about. We believe that these topics can and should be addressed with common sense, courage, and compassion. We may not have all the answers, and we're definitely not always going to be right. But we're here to build a better people experience. You gotta start somewhere. Let's go. Hi, welcome back to The Elephant in the Org. My name is Marian Anderson, and today's episode, we're talking about self-care. It was actually a conversation that happened on the fly, but it felt really relevant to a lot of the topics that we've been discussing, and we wanted to put this out as a single episode. We really focus in on burnout, how we can look after ourselves better, and actually identify the elephant that most HR people don't really look after themselves that well, and we need to do better. So join Kasha, Danny, and myself as we get into it. What were you saying, Kasha? What was I saying? Um, I was saying that sometimes I struggle with the concept that taking care of myself isn't being selfish. Selfish when you're doing something for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like taking care of This isn't care- a therapy <laughs> session. I am not a licensed <laughs> therapist. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, none of us are. But we're we're I mean to be fair, Marion does have the leather couch behind her, so (laughs) come come lie in my couch. (laughs) I could call Stephanie and get her on the line. She is licensed. I don't know if that it's gotta break some rules of the the Cosmo rules, but yeah, no, it's true though. Like I I I'm very good at prioritizing everyone else Mm -hmm. and not ever feeling like that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's my husband, my friends, my family, like I would 100% drop everything for them. But doing it for me somehow isn't quite the same. Yeah. Um, not so much when it comes to my career, oddly enough, but my actual self-care yeah. of like, you know, getting out and being active, taking breaks, like all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um that's where it is a struggle. I mean, I've gotten better. I've been going to the gym and I love that for me. But um, yeah, Here's it's hard my... to not feel that way sometimes for it's apparently true. my brain. It's true. And and here's here's my take on that. Um, you know, and I'm talking about people that work in our space, that people space. Mm. We tend to be highly empathic, right? It is a very strong characteristic in people in we our care space. deeply. We, we care do. deeply. We do. And and you know, it also a big part of our job is to anticipate the needs of others before they even realize themselves what they need, right? Mm-hmm. That is a huge part of our job. So we're constant we're wired to constantly be thinking about others and what they're gonna need. And and that, you know, always without you know thinking about it comes before our own needs and you know this year that's something I've been really mindful of and working on because my you know my therapist has pointed that out to me multiple times that and where are you in all this you know um Mm. and I'm like actually that's that's a really good point and um you know, we have, I mean, there's lots of reasons why people ha- adopt these behaviours, whether it be, you know, a codependency, whether it be, you know, they've had a parentified childhood and they've had to then grow up very quickly. And then, you know, the way that they feel value is by serving others, right? There's lots of root causes for this. But I think 
in the workspace, we don't do a particularly good job of one, looking after ourselves and two, letting other people tell us to look after ourselves. In fact, I'm not sure that many people do tell us to look after ourselves because there's always a bit of an expectation, you know, well, you know, shit's hitting the fan or the emotional things are blowing up. Let's go, let's go see someone and people to, right? You know, and, and there's that kind of expectation that, will, that will hold everything together. So what is the answer here? Like, how can we do better for ourselves? Um, because mm-hmm. we're good yeah. in ourselves. We can do exceptional work, right? Yeah, this is, you know, this definitely hits sort of like my background. Um, so I t- probably take a different perspective than a lot of people. Mm. But I'm really sick of these solutions being individual solutions. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's go use ca- EAP. Go use yeah. EAP. Or, yeah. or Kasha, here, here's an app that's going to help you be more mindful and take care of yourself. And it's like, no, can we can we just stop saying like, oh, you need to take better care of yourself, yeah. Marion, Kasha, mm-hmm. Danny, like, it's up yeah. to you. We're, it's also we're, like the system, right? Is the yeah, well, system going to support you? Exactly, is, Danny. Is is it actually a community? Because here we're we're giving, giving, giving. It's, oh, you need support? We're supporting. Oh, you need help sorting through this? We're here. But like, is it reflective? Is that coming back to us? Um, and I'm reminded of the uh, the book Give and Take by Adam Grant. One of his earlier ones, I still think it's his, his best. Um and he talks about like the the givers and there there's a point where they just get steamrolled mm. and it's because no one else is giving to them and yeah. kasha it's not about you giving to yourself it's about other people where is the system putting that energy back into you where is your network Right. Yeah. It's it's not just, hey, well, we gave you an app. You have a, a pass to go get access to a gym. Oh, you have, you know, these uh what are the EAP, EIP? EAP. Yeah, EAP. employee assistance uh, programs, right? Yeah, you have yeah. this EAP opportunity that you can do, and it's gonna cost you very little or free, but it's still on you to do. And it's like, hmm, can't we just like support each other better? <laughs> Like, there's space yeah. for everything. I mean, don't like, you know, I'm going to stand up for EAP here because it's a, a really, oh, no. I've used EAP like, yes. and, and very, I don't want to say very often, but a few times in my career when it's been very necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to, I, I do agree with you, Danny, right? The onus is still on the individual instead of the other way around. And it's hard because like, I think for people like ourselves who just, naturally hold ourselves responsible and accountable for things mm-hmm. and we we own that as opposed to trying to shirk it on someone else and if anything like Marion's point earlier we see ahead of that so that way it's like well if we do this here's the re- here's going to be the impact right like let's avoid this impact and let's do this because we care about yeah. everyone so you're taking kind of that that responsibility into yourself before people even realize it's a thing mm-hmm. and you don't always there are people who know how to ask for help, but the hard part is, is the person you're asking for help, know how to give help, know how to provide that help. Like, and that that's a whole other problem, right? Like, cause is it the system that's supporting you? Or is it like, if Marion were my manager, would Marion know how to support me? Would Marion see the signs to tell me I need to actually take care of myself? Yeah. She's seeing early signs of burnout. 
right? Mm -hmm. I need you to really care for yourself. And not everyone has that level of emotional acuity. And I think the more senior you get, the less support there is, you know, Mm -hmm. that chief people officer. Unless you have, you know, a really strong ally, maybe in your CEO or, you know, your C-suite, you're alone. You are absolutely alone and you carry so much heaviness around with you all the time because you're constantly trying to, again, anticipate the needs of every single person in that business and your team to, you know, to mitigate risk and, and, as you say, see off any potential problems down the line. And you can't talk to anyone about it. Yeah. You know, it's like the confidential of confidentials yeah. at that point. Because it it's also stuff that hasn't come to fruition. So you can't be a soothsayer here either. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 circle this back in though. That that confidentiality, right? I'm not saying break confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Um, but that position that you're in as you work your way up, um because things get really guarded, right? You're 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 not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. What do you need for this connection? You need trust. What do you need mm-hmm. for trust? You need vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's this self-perpetuating, like you're like building up these scales that make it harder to be supported by others, even to connect that way. It's true. Uh, you know, I, and this is an observation. This is anecdotal. It's certainly not backed by any empirical evidence. But I would say, based on what I've observed, people, chief people officers who are really good at what they do, um burn out quickly yeah. as in they tend to maybe do you know a few roles like they, they might be a, you know they'll change company a couple of times and then after that they're done yeah. right they're done just and career done right yeah they're peace out because they have literally stripped themselves of everything and they've given their entire selves um, no matter how much executive coaching they've had, no matter what resources they've had, you know, the, the steeper the climb, um, the more you're giving. And yeah. that's a, deep, a deeper well. And you can't you hit a point where you can't refill it because you, you've you've done that giving yeah. so much. You know, and I'm talking I, I think I'm talking particularly in the startup space, but it really is on steroids. Right. Um, I think when you're in a much bigger organization, maybe you do have a little bit more support. But um, certainly in the SME startup space, I, I've seen that. You know, I've seen incredible people leaders take the business from Series A to IPO, and by the, by the time they, they, they've, they've crossed that bridge, they're like, "Right, I'm out. Peace out." You know, um, and that's tough. That's really tough. And one, we're losing incredible talent. And you know, in our industry, um, and two, we're doing it at the absolute, um, you know, peril of, of these individuals because you know they're they're it's really it's really killing them. So, again, this is anecdotal. <laughs> I've yeah. not seen that based on any evidence. It's just been an observation. It's something I'm very mindful of. And honestly, I think I've probably got one more CPO job in me before I'm the same way because. I know, and you guys have seen it firsthand, how much that role and that responsibility has taken out of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. I've maybe got one or two more of them in me before I pivot to something else. And that's being honest. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, 
the ability of care, right? Like you kind of like use that analogy of the well, like how, how deep is the well? How much does it need to fill before like your bucket actually can float on its own instead of just kind of dangling there precariously? <laughs> um, but the, the other thing too is if we look at ourselves through kind of that concept, how much of filling that well actually comes out of work? Mm. And and how often do we, like Danny, you talked earlier about being vulnerable. How often do people connect with their coworkers and their peers and, and like their stakeholders, whoever it happens to be in the business that they're speaking with on a regular basis mm. to talk about those other things, mm-hmm. right? Is your business safe enough to talk about, you know what, like uh, it's been a little bit stressful here. I decided to pick up fishing lessons. Danny. Right? Right, Danny. You know, I'm using you as an example, but it's great. How often do you feel safe enough to share that with someone? Do yeah. you say that to anyone and everyone? Or do you have that vulnerability, that trust to say, I'm going to do this outside activity because I'm tapped here? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I'm going to, my mom. Um, so, so now, uh, anecdote from when I was growing up with my mom, my mom, her sister, their mom, all of them were big in the crafting end of things, whether it was like needlepoint, cross stitch, crochet knitting, all of that stuff, right? And my mom's mom, my nana, would say like, if you're going to be doing needlepoint and you're really frustrated, every time you poke it, you just think about that person. Poke it. <laughs> when you're frustrated, you just, you know, kind of like go through your, and, and you have a beautiful piece of art at the end of it, but you were able to kind of take some of those feelings out on the canvas. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about boxing. Boxing, there you go. Boxing's the same way. I think, you like, I know people me, who... Marian. <laughs> yeah. a well equipped people leader. <laughs> oh, man. But I, you know, I, these outside activities that we can channel and funnel these things, I, I think that unfortunately, especially in the day and age of social media, when people start talking about self care, there's like a million things like, oh, well, go take care of yourself. It's, are you going to go to therapy? Are you going to go for a walk or a hike? You know, it's meditation. It's your skincare routine, right? There's all these different things that like, especially in the advent of social media, where there's now so many options that if you are feeling like your well isn't full, now you just feel overwhelmed and you there's now a lack of action. Mm-hmm. Because you maybe to Danny's point earlier, you may not have the community to kind of help you in that process because your own mind might kind of leaning into what Marion said, right? Kind of be tapped. Your well might not be any ideas to help you there. And I think, I think that's where having that trust with your teams, the people that you work with, being able to be vulnerable is so impactful because someone, someone's going to say something that you just couldn't have thought of on your own. While your while your blinders were on, at or that just moment. feeling feeling connected. I think that's one mm-hmm. of the things you know. I, I will always harp on this: is play together, do something that's just going to be not about producing. That's just going to be about spending time. Right, have recess, bonding. Mm-hmm. Right, go go do recess. Go go play soccer. Go play Yahtzee. Go do something that just helps you feel connected to people. And I think Marion, that's where the higher up you get on that people vertical there's less Mm -hmm. people to just play with to connect with right like we're not they don't have to be therapists they don't have to be the most emotionally like well-rounded well-balanced you know person they just need to be able to make you laugh sometimes and feel like Mm -hmm. oh yeah 
we are all in this together and I actually like being here. Yeah. And and as mm-hmm. you go up, Marion, you get isolated because, oh, I can't talk about that or, oh, I'm really, you know, busy or, oh, I don't, you know, I'm this person's boss's 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 boss. Like, I'm not just going to sit and chum it up with them. That's actually not even all that appropriate. Um, right. And it's it's really hard. And it is. It, 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 it's so hard. And, you know, I think in C-suites, we we do need to do a better job of of creating that for ourselves. And it's hard because typically by the time you get to C-suite, you know, you've got the spearheads of very different functions. And with those different functions tend to bring different characteristics and personalities, which Mm -hmm. is natural, right? If you're a chief uh, financial officer, numbers is your jam. You're, you know, you're, you're, probably quite linear you're probably like you know zero one type sort of thinking um you know if you are um in marketing for example again you know you're thinking on a bilateral basis you've got a heavy amount of creativity but also commerciality you know there's very distinct uh needs behaviors personalities characteristics in those roles and i think that can make it even more difficult to find that synergy because it's one no one has time when you're at that level. You're you're you know absolutely at the coal face. But to um, it it it's it can be quite difficult to bring those personalities together. And I think that's where really investing in um, one those type of activities that do bring leaders together and not necessarily over booze. That's not the solution. Mm-hmm. Based, don't get me wrong, right? You appreciate nice dinners, etc. But it's, that's not the the solution. But also, I think um, using more methods and tools to really think about how you curate that team, because yep. not yep. only should that that person be exceptional at what the, the the vertical that they're spearheading, but they also have to work laterally, and I think that gets missed a lot. Yeah. So the works well with others doesn't <laughs> tend to correlate equally with the. Tell me about the impact you've had at company A, B, C, D in between now and then, right? And like, Marion, I think think you also hit the nail on that head, right? Where it's like, if you are beset on all sides, especially as a people leader specifically, Mm. right? Because you're going to be the advocate of the organization where almost every other spearhead of those departments, as you used the, the language before, every single one of those people is going to be looking out for their vertical and moving the business forward. Yep. They're looking at moving the business forward. People also looking at moving the business forward, but they're looking at moving the business forward through people, yeah. right? Like, and when you're kind of really looking at the the departments that truly are looking at the health of the business through numbers, that mm-hmm. is their area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Their area of expertise isn't necessarily, if we push our people so hard, are we going to lose our people? Yeah. Do we have we have to push this hard? Do we have the skills in in our people? Right, like if there's this huge initiative, like it all like people always comes back to our people. Those mm-hmm. other departments, not necessarily. So that working well with others, especially in that space, I think is actually like way more critical than we ever even give conversation to, mm. because you could be really great as a CMO, as a CFO, a CTO. And you could turn an entire company structure around, mm-hmm. but what's your attrition rate going to look like? Because you didn't factor that into your strategy. Yeah, 
for sure. Yeah, but they they have to play well with others, right? Like it's it's not it, they have to be able to do that. They have across the vertical, but also like without the people, there is no business. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. it's well, depending on the size of your business, some businesses just allocate for that. Truthfully, right? Like if we look at retail, retail's a yeah. great example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Retail's a churn and burn. You've got people who tend to spend a lot of time in retail because they enjoy it. It's a part-time thing for them or whatever the reason is. And you've got a lot of people who start in retail and are like, maybe a year. Yeah. So it means to an end, mm-hmm. you know, you know, different strokes, right? You know, everybody's yes. got things that fits them and works for them and, and what have you. Um, Food service is a good example of that too. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, but. I think that that working well together part, I think if you, if you're in a business where that happens well, you do feel supported. You have that community, even if you obviously can't talk about all of your initiatives, yeah. um, just kind of like make close that circle. But like, if, if you don't have that works well, then you, I think that's probably where your CPO level burnout really, really like comes to a head. Cause you're just looking around going like, what the <laughs> Well, you're extra isolated because you're the only mm-hmm. one who, yes. who's there to, to yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the important thing is that certainly for me that you invest time in building a network of other professionals that are in your field and you can rely on each other, mm-hmm. you know, and that helps, right? Because we all need someone that we can bounce ideas off and, and you know, share frustrations and what have you. So certainly for me, having other CPOs that I that are highly trusted because let's face it, our job is pure confidentiality. So, you know, when you have that, then that definitely helps, but still they're not going to understand the nuances of your business. And I think that's where it can be really tough because, you know, apart from maybe your CEO, you don't really have anyone else to talk to. So we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did like subscribe and share, And if you do want to get in contact with us, you can email us at elephant at thefearlesspx.com. Till next time, bye.